Hello, and welcome to Right Now with Ralph Martin, a podcast where author, speaker, and worldwide renewal leader, Dr. Ralph Martin, shares what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in the church right now, words of encouragement from the Lord to strengthen you for such a time as this. We are glad you can be with us this week as we seek to encourage you for this moment in history. And now, your host, Ralph Martin. We have a special guest today named Linda Schaefer, who has been a photojournalist for professional news organizations for many years, covered sports, covered politics. But then she came in contact with Mother Teresa. In fact, she's the last photojournalist to really fully cover uh, Mother Teresa. And she's come out with this book called Come and See, A Photojournalist's Journey into the World of Mother Teresa. But it turned out that it wasn't just a journalism assignment. It turned out it had something that really impacted your own life. So would you tell us a little bit, start at the beginning though, before you even get to Mother Teresa. Tell, tell us a little about your journey. My journey. Uh, beginning, gosh, the journey really begins from when we're born, doesn't it? It does. And we, I don't think we realize the extent to what the influences are from even childhood and how they impact us later in our lives. And I think uh, from my childhood, uh, I was born overseas, raised overseas, lived in a lot of Latin countries, based countries, Brazil, Portugal, Italy. And so I had a little bit of a different view of the world growing up mm -hmm. and going to international mm -hmm. schools. And not really being an American, but being an American, yeah. kind of this rootless uh, gypsy. And had been exposed from an early age to the poverty and the conditions of the world and in the inequities. That, that people often face mm -hmm. and the, the lack of dignity that is so prevalent in society and the way people are so often treated. Mm -hmm. And so, and I always question that even as a child, like why do some people have to be poor and other people rich? Yeah. I saw how people suffered in their poverty and I identified with that at a very early age. So I remember and recall clearly when Mother Teresa won the Nobel Peace Prize 1979 and I saw her picture in Time magazine and I thought something just moved me you mm -hmm. know that that blue and white striped sorry and that look of absolute compassion and tenderness in her mm -hmm. face and I thought what a beautiful woman mm -hmm. you know and you have that first perception of somebody and and I never would have imagined that one day I would meet her and but for many years I worked as a journalist covering uh, stories like uh, the, the, you know, even just for the Archdiocese of Atlanta, I worked for over 15 years as a non-Catholic, covering the soup kitchens, covering the installations of three archbishops, mm -hmm. many mm -hmm. ordinations of priests, and then I went to places like Bosnia, covered the war there, the Amazon, um, after the fall of uh, communism in Romania, and, and, you know, really viewed the world and saw what was happening from a news standpoint. But I always pursued these kind of more documentary type work as well. Mm -hmm. and, and did my own stories on, uh, and mainly they were humanitarian based stories. And I covered a lot of work of missionaries around the world. And so when Mother Teresa came to Atlanta in June of 1995, the diocese, archdiocese, asked me to photograph her trip there. So I was at the airport when she arrived, 
and I was in the background. As a journalist, you try to stay in the background. You try, and I was very good at that. I never wanted to be in the foreground. And so I always wore these really dark clothes, you know, dark black pants the and brown leather. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. the kind of like you have these old camera bags and, you know, three cameras hung around the shoulder. And she stepped off this little corporate jet. And I was like, oh, she's here. And I, you know, I had my camera glued and that lens glued to my eye. And, mm -hmm. And she goes up to the Archbishop of Atlanta, Archbishop John Donahue, who's since retired, and she kissed him on the hand. And I was photographing this, and suddenly she turns, and I'm seeing this through the lens, and she's looking at me. <laughs> and I'm a distance. I'm not, like, right there. Yeah. And there's quite a few people between her and me. Wow. And she didn't take her eyes off me. Wow. And she just began walking towards me wow. in her very slow walk. And she was very stooped over. She mm -hmm. had severe yeah. osteoporosis and arthritis, and her feet were just mangled mm -hmm. with arthritis, and the toes were squeezed on top mm -hmm. of each mm -hmm. other and into this old pair of leather sandals. And she didn't take her eyes off me the whole time. Wow. And she just walked right up to me. It's like Jesus walking up to Matthew saying, come follow me. It's something like that, isn't it? That was it. Really? I heard it. Wow. But I heard her say, come and see. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. And um, She actually came up to you and said that? No, oh, she didn't oh, say a word. Oh. I heard it. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. There was the invitation, yeah. Yeah, oh. and she just took my hands and she just held them. Oh. And held them right up to her heart. Yeah. And just looked at me. Oh. And the tears are just like, and she's looking at me, and I feel yeah. like I'm being trans transported to <laughs> somewhere. I'm not sure where it was. <laughs> yeah. But it was like I felt this joy in my heart, yeah. and I felt something moving. Yeah. And I felt her talking to me in an interior way yeah. and telling yeah. me to yeah. come and yeah. see. That's it beautiful. was the most amazing, most powerful experience I'd ever had yeah. at that very yeah. moment. And it happened in an instant. And I felt like everything in my life from my childhood up to that moment was leading me to that very moment. Mm. Mm. Wow. Now, <laughs> did, you weren't a Catholic, I know. Did you have some church affiliation or were you a believer or, or not? Or you know? I was always a believer. I just didn't have a path. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd gone on mm -hmm. a lot of different paths. I was born into, uh, my father was Presbyterian, my mother was Lutheran, she was from Norway, and we had been raised overseas, so we just kind of went to different churches, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that were in the neighborhood, like yeah. a Presbyterian church here. But we didn't have a God-centered life at mm -hmm. all, mm -hmm. and we didn't have this kind of spirituality in our lives at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. and, and that, everything, I think, I've said this so often, like everything is great in a family, in your life, as long as nothing goes wrong. Yeah. And then as soon as something goes wrong, a crisis, that's when you know whether you have a spirit-filled life or not, because your family's going to fall apart, mm -hmm. and ours did. Yeah. Uh, my dad had a severe heart attack when he, I was 10 years old, and that, I feel, was the steady began the steady decline of our family. My mother mm. had breast cancer when I was 12. 
um, and then her journey continued to decline. Uh, my father had another massive heart attack when I was 14. Hmm. And, and our lives just kind of unraveled as a family and, and never really came back together. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I really see it as because we did not have that faith that brought us together. Mm -hmm. And I think you absolutely, it's required. You, you have to have it in your life. You have mm -hmm. to have it in your family because that's the basis mm -hmm. of, of life. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I realized that there was this big void in my family, in my family life. It's not that we didn't love each other. We did. Sure. But, um, but there was so much tragedy. And there was nothing that brought us together as a family. Yeah. And so that began my earlier search. And then I met in 1988, right after the presidential elections, which I'd covered for two years. I, I, I think that was the first time I really prayed to God. And I was in my apartment in Atlanta, and I got on my knees. And it's not so profound, but for me it was profound. I said to God, send me a good man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's a that's very a important prayer. prayer. And, you know, up to that point, I yeah. really had never had a good relation. I, I hadn't sought one. Yeah. I didn't mm -hmm. want to get married. I didn't mm -hmm. want to have kids. Mm -hmm. I, I was on my own path. I was yeah. a journalist, and that fulfilled me, mm -hmm. or so I thought. And so the very next day, I met my husband, Ron. Wow. And I met him in a Jamaican restaurant. Um, I dropped my business card in front of him. We couldn't take our eyes off each other. He called me and invited me out two Saturdays in a row, and, and we were together from that moment on. And two and a half years into our relationship, he was diagnosed with a terminal cancer. Wow. It was like three weeks before we were getting married. And we went ahead, got married anyway, mm -hmm. and um, I took care of him for the next year and a half wow. until he died. And um, that was 1992. And um, that changed my life. My relationship with Ron, I don't think that I could have met Mother Teresa. I don't think my heart would have been open at that moment in the airport to have received her mm -hmm. message yeah. if I hadn't gone through that suffering with Ron, mm -hmm. yeah. which is what opened my heart yeah. and which ultimately led me to, to I think, Mother Teresa. That's really, that's, this is so beautiful. And this, there's so much insight here because there's so many people on a similar path, very similar path as, as what you've just described. So many people, and it's so good that you can be sharing this because I think a lot of people are going to be able to identify with what you're saying, really. It's just feeling like, you know, your work is fulfilling you. You don't want necessarily to have a husband or children and, you know, here, there, and everywhere and whatever. And, and then just the very human acknowledgement of saying, hey, I think I do want a husband. I mean, that's, that's very significant for, for people today because marriage isn't necessarily mm -hmm. expected, you know, like, like it used to be. So I think it's very, very significant when a, a professional woman who's successful says, I, I would like to, to be married. I mean, that, that's, that's an expression of vulnerability. It's an expression mm -hmm. of, I need more than myself, uh, you know, and, it's a, and, and it also was connected with an opening to God and mm -hmm. knowing that somehow the happiness in our life and the fulfillment of our desires has something to do with God helping us to those desires and bring that happiness. So I just feel like that's really significant. And then the, the way in which we become even more vulnerable through loving somebody and suffering, like, you know, loving your husband who mm -hmm. is dying of cancer and 
everything that you must go through with, with that, you know, mm -hmm. the letting go, the pain, the, you know, can I bear this anymore? Can he bear it anymore? Why did this yeah. happen? All those things, the vulnerability, you know, the breaking of the hardness of heart that, that disposes us to receive a message from God or an invitation from God. So when she met Mother Teresa, you know, the Lord was giving an invitation to her by inspiring Mother Teresa to go over to her and just just the experience of love, of personal attention, you know, the way she brought her hands to her, her heart. There was a communication from God coming to Linda that was very personal and very mm -hmm. real, and she had been prepared to, to receive it, to understand it, to respond to it. I don't know, that's, that's how I was understanding what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that matches your experience or not. Well, I mean, you know, it's, I'll try to do this without uh, tears coming up, but, you know, when, when Ron was diagnosed with cancer, we didn't, they couldn't penetrate the tumor. It was a very rare cancer. He was only the third person in the world diagnosed with this kind of cancer. And um, so we didn't know, in fact, if he had cancer until after the surgery or during the surgery. And so uh, when he was in surgery, I was pacing the hallway. It was at Emory University Hospital. And I was pacing the hallway. And I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And all of a sudden, it's like I heard this glass shattering around me. Hmm. And it was just this cracking. And I heard, hmm. I was like looking around, what is that? And it was like a room with all the glass breaking. And it wasn't. It was, it was the glass around my own heart. Hmm. And, and I felt, for the first time, this deep, deep love in my heart mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. was like and at that very moment I also heard a voice basically telling me that Ron was going to die but not to worry yeah it was the most amazing thing mm -hmm. it was like the voice of God mm -hmm. I mean it was uh, it was I was given all the information but mm -hmm. I was also given the grace of, of, of that opening of the heart and I think that's what the whole journey is about. Yeah. That's what Mother Teresa's mission is about. Mm -hmm. it was, she's a transformer of hearts. Yeah. You know, and we yeah. all have to open our hearts. We have to be, mm -hmm. allow ourselves that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and, you know, so I think, you know, you know, we walk around so often with these hardened hearts and why am I a victim? Why am I a victim of these circumstances when in fact we're just being given these incredible opportunities yeah. and, and like you're saying, in, we can't be whole people just walking this path, this journey alone. We have to walk it with someone. We mm -hmm. have to, because we're here, we're people. We have mm -hmm. to share mm -hmm. as people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and then to be able to, get, to be given the opportunity to become more than what you see yourself as. And I just saw myself as a journalist. Some people just see themselves yeah. as doctors or lawyers or, mm -hmm. or you know, or, we're so much more. And Mother right. Teresa in India showed me that I could be more than just a, a journalist, yeah. that I could be a mother, that I could be all these things. Yeah. We're talking to Linda Schaefer, a photojournalist who was the last photojournalist that had full access to Mother Teresa, and she's telling us a wonderful, wonderful story about her own spiritual journey and Mother Teresa's role in it. That, that wonderful call that you got from the Lord that you were so well prepared for by all that had come before, sounds like you went to India. Oh, I knew that I was going to yeah. find her in yeah. India. And what happened? Tell us about that. Well, I... I I left in August, 
and I had a most powerful experience again on the plane on my way to India. Um, I, um, this man, a messenger, came to me on the plane and told me what I was going to be going towards. Hmm. That I was going to, um, he told me, he warned me that often I would get involved in projects and then because of my own insecurity, I would walk away from them. And he said, this time, this is your calling. You must never stop doing this one. Hmm. Was there somebody you sat with on a plane? He or came and sat next to me on the plane to Bombay. <laughs> it's a long story. Yeah, we don't okay. have enough yeah. time. But yeah. he also told me that I had a, a hole in my heart that was going to be filled with the birth of my baby. And I said, no, I'm not having any children. I'm like 36 years old. It's, it's over. I can't. And he said, no, you will very soon. Mm. He gave me all the steps I needed. And, 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 and because of that, because of that encounter on the plane, I have never stopped this project, working with Mother Teresa. I mm -hmm. think about him. Yeah. And a priest has told me, he, he, he told me, this was your angel. This was a messenger from God. Mm -hmm. He was coming to tell you mm -hmm. this. So it started, it was like the whole six months that I was there, I felt that, again, like this, this almost transported experience. Mm -hmm. And every day was so significant. Uh, I arrived at the mother house in Calcutta early in the morning, and I had no idea if Mother Teresa was in the town. At that time, she was still traveling around the world to opening new homes in Vietnam and various locations. And, but I knew that she was going to be there. I arrived, I knocked on the mother house door, and this little nun answers the door. And, and I told her who I was and that I wanted an audience with Mother Teresa. And she said, yes, yes, come in, come in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I'm here. <laughs> and uh, within minutes, I was brought upstairs, and there was Mother Teresa standing in the hallway, greeting this Indian family. And she motioned for me to sit on this concrete bench, which I did. And then shortly after, she called me over, and I got on my knees, and I kissed her feet. Mm. And I looked up at her, and I said, Mother Teresa, I met you a couple months ago in Atlanta, and I would I'm a journalist, and I would very much like to document your work here in Calcutta. And she said to me, but I don't need photographers. <laughs> yeah. I need volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> so you go work at the orphanage tomorrow. Remember this man on the plane said I was going to have a child. Mother Teresa is sending me to an orphanage. That's how I began my, my time, my huh. tenure in Calcutta, working huh. at the orphanage, working with babies. That was just an, a phenomenal experience because actually the first day, it was more frightening than the idea of driving into Bosnia under gunfire. But uh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful taking care of the babies. And, and I went back to her in a few weeks and I said, okay, mother, I have been with the babies. Can I take pictures now? <laughs> And she said, you go write me proposal. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote this very detailed, academic kind of proposal. And in the meantime, I'd been seeing her every day, going to Mass, going to the mm -hmm. Hour of Adoration in the evening, and, uh, and, and had a number of the miraculous medals from her. And so uh, I went back the next day with this very 
well thought out academic proposal. And she took one look at it, the first sentence, and said, no. <laughs> like this, this no that was like, you know, this feeling at the airport was just lifted away, taken away, and instead this, this, this nasty kind of no, dark no, was being thrown at me like a sword. And it was like, it just opened this wound in my heart, and I burst out crying right in front of her. Yeah. And I was so embarrassed to be crying in front of Mother sure. Teresa, and I was all alone with her. And Sister Nirmala came out like to make sure everything was okay, because she was so protective of Mother Teresa. Yeah. And Mother Teresa just pulled me closer to her, and I'm like the tears are just dripping down on her crucifix. And she said, it's okay, it's okay. And she starts petting me, you know, like my head. Yeah. And all this pain from the past just came out. Yeah. And yeah. she just gave me that forum. Yeah. So you were shed. being healed there. You were letting go and being healed. Yeah. Love was coming in. And yeah. 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 And, um, and she said, I have great idea, as if she'd never thought of this before. You go back to your room tonight and you pray about this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I go back to my room and I pray. <laughs> and then we talk tomorrow. Yes. I'm like, pray. She's taking me to prayer. I'm like, how do you pray? So I go back to my room and I'm like having this academic conversation with God. Uh, I mean, I didn't really know what prayer was about, but that was central to her mission. Mm -hmm. It's central to the missionaries of charity. Mm -hmm. And so when I went back the next day, she said, but this work is very difficult, very difficult. I'm like, I know, I know. You must have total, total commitment. I am. I'm totally committed to you, Mother. Very difficult, very hard. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know. And I'm thinking, do I have to take out another visa? How much time is she asking for? And she said, very good. Then you come try our program. Yes, come and see. Come and see and see if you like it. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. The come and see program yeah. is for potential novices <laughs> yeah. to see if they want to become nuns, right? <laughs> and the come and see words coming up again. And I said, no, I'm not here to be a nun, Mother Teresa. Yeah. I'm a journalist. And she goes, oh, yes. Oh, yes. What? That's right, of course. She pulls out this pink piece of paper and says, how do you spell your name? And she wrote the date, dear sisters, let Linda Schaefer photograph the work. God bless you, Mother Teresa. Oh, yeah. And gave it to me. Well, you know, Linda, I, I can see that that we're not going to have enough time on this one program to finish this wonderful story. We, we still need to hear about where the baby comes from. We still need to hear about... Oh, that was a miraculous we, we still need to hear about what happens when you showed people the pink slip. We need to hear about your experiences in photographing Mother Teresa. And we also need to hear about what impact this had on your own journey. So... Are you able to come back next week and join us for another program? Sure, I'd love to. Okay, great. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. We've been talking to Linda Schaefer. And
One of the things we're seeing in Linda's, in Linda's story is just how the Spirit's led her, how the, how the Spirit of God has just worked on her heart and led her, brought her to India. She's having an encounter with Mother Teresa. Stuff's happening, and you come back next week and hear about it. Till next week, this is Ralph Martin and Linda Schaefer wishing you the best, a life open to the Spirit of God, a life of vulnerability, a life of docility to the Spirit. This podcast is brought to you by Renewal Ministries, part of the Renewal Podcast Network. If you are enjoying this podcast, we invite you to help us spread the word by leaving us a rating or review, following or subscribing to this podcast, or sharing on social media. Until next time, this is Right Now with Ralph Martin.